This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our locked on rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Today's episode is being dropped on the second day of April 2021. And guess what? It's the regular season. Baseball has begun, and I'm going to be talking a little bit about the predictions I made, also the In Memoriam video that I posted, and we'll be talking a little bit about the concept of who owns baseball. Now, this show is available on the freeradio.com app and all the places where you get your podcasts. When you're staying at home during these difficult times, guess what, folks? It's not over. Let's not get cocky. We can see the finish line, but let's get there, okay? Let's not be dumb and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Fantasy Baseball, hosted by Scott Cullen. Let's hear it for Scott Cullen, who did such a great job on all the MLB Division Preview Series, which we've been doing this week. And you can follow this show at ML, no, Locked On MLB. I forgot the name of the, 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 the Twitter handle for a second. Locked On MLB Pods. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Well, here we are. The season has begun and not a moment too soon. Of course, it's not going to be the typical season as well. We're not filling up the stands yet. You know, I've seen people at the stadiums like who are there with their masks around their chin. It's not a chin strap. It's a mask. Put the damn mask on. And obviously, COVID doesn't care. We already saw that there was one game had to be, at least one game had to be canceled. The big opening day in Washington had to be scrapped because of COVID reasons as well they should. All right. We we don't want to go through another year of this. It's been too much for everybody. We've all lost people and enough. But games have begun. And I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit. I'm recording this this section you're listening to on Thursday uh, afternoon, and none of the games are over as of right now. I will tell you it's quite interesting that the Pirates jumped all over the Cubs. Uh, the reason I say it's interesting is that the defending division champion Cubs are supposedly going to sell off anything that isn't nailed down with the team especially if they get off to a rotten start. And if they get off to a rotten start, the sell-off could happen sooner rather than later. So I know it sounds weird that we're only at this point three innings into the first game of a 162-game season. That being said, the Cubs can't afford to stumble out of the gate. But let's just talk about one thing first. I didn't get a chance to do my prediction show because we had the bold prediction show that was released the other day. And uh, I had a lot of fun helping put that together and great work, everyone who did that. But I want to make my actual predictions. Now, I posted these on uh, sullybaseball.wordpress.com and on Sully Baseball on my Twitter handle because I wanted to have my predictions in before the first pitch. That's how it works. 
that's just how the universe works. You have to get your predictions in before the season begins. So I'm going to go through my picks. These are my picks for who's going to do what in 2021. Now, I have said over and over again, I do not think there's a great team in the American League. I also do not think there's a terrible team in the American League. I don't think there's a 100-win team. I don't think there's a 100-loss team. I think there's going to be a bunch of teams that are all clustered in the middle. And I think the way the American League postseason is going to happen is there's going to be about maybe 10 teams will be on pace to win about 85 to 90 wins around Labor Day. And it's just going to be who has the hottest September. Now, that being said, I am picking the Yankees to win the East, not because I think they're a great team. I actually think they're they're pretty shallow in terms of their pitching staff. And as Stacey Gatsoulias pointed out, their lineup is filled with potential injuries. But I think 90 wins t- takes this division. And I'm not ready to crown the Blue Jays division champs just yet. I am going to pick the Chicago White Sox. I think the White Sox are going to make a trade for one, if not two hitters. It wouldn't surprise me if they made a crosstown trade. If Chris Bryant comes over to the south side. Either way, there's going to be teams looking to sell off the White Sox division. But I think the White Sox are going to win. The West is almost anyone's guess. There are some people picking the Angels, especially if Shohei Otani gets his act together in terms of being a pitcher and a hitter. And Mike Trout keeps doing his Mike Trout things. Of course, the Astros have potential, a lot of talent, but they also potentially could fall on their face. I'm going with the A's. Why? Because it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think that Chapman is one of the best players in baseball, and I think they'll find a way. Again, I don't think there's a runaway team in any one of the divisions, so why not the A's? My picks for the wild card are Toronto, who I think are on the verge of making the bus to win the ALEs, but I'm not quite sure they're there yet. And Minnesota. Now, Minnesota could win the Central. Minnesota could win the Pennant. I certainly have them as a wildcard team. The, the National League divisions are pretty easy to pick. The Braves, Cardinals, and Dodgers. I think those are the three best teams in each of those divisions. Uh, the Cardinals almost by default. They have a lot of pitching issues, but I think they'll find ways to solve it. I think the Braves are potentially a 100-win team. Now, the way the playoffs are set up is so stupid. Because the wildcard team, whoever wins the wildcard game, plays the team with the best record. Normally, that seems fair. But as what happened in 2015, where the three best teams in baseball were all in the National League Central, so therefore, you knew that only one of the three best teams was going to make the League Championship Series. That's when the Pirates and the Cubs played, and then the Cubs wound up uh, beating the Cardinals. Well, by the time we got the League Championship Series, three of the two of the three best teams in the national league were eliminated and that will happen here as my wild card pick is the san diego padres versus the new york mets yes i think the mets are going to be a wild card team but i think the padres are also going to be a 100 win team and if they win the wild card game they'll probably face the dodgers which means the two teams which i think are the two best teams in all of baseball will face each other in the division series now granted it will make for an incredibly exciting division series but the sense of wait, so one of them not even going to get to the NLCS? It doesn't seem fair. And again, fair really has nothing to do with it. Now, in my pick for the American League Championship Series, I have 
and this is, I guess, us a programmer's delight in terms of getting big cities and big eyeballs on the TV screen. I have the Chicago White Sox over the New York Yankees. Chicago and New York in the ALCS. I'm picking the White Sox to go to the World Series. Now, I said the Padres are going to win the wild card. I think they're going to eliminate the Dodgers in a best of five division series. And I think they'll take on the Atlanta Braves. And I have the Padres defeating the Braves in the NLCS. So the World Series is indeed my dream matchup from the Gary Coleman film, The Kid from Left Field, the Padres over the White Sox. No need for Game 7 heroics. I'm picking the San Diego Padres to defeat the Chicago White Sox four games to one in the World Series. My other picks include uh, AL MVP other than Mike Trout. That's too easy to pick Mike Trout. I'm picking Matt Chapman of the Oakland A's. AL Cy Young Award, I'm giving to Garrett Cole of the Yankees. I think he's the best pitcher in the American League. The Rookie of the Year, I'm giving to Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox. They have a big hole in their lineup, and I think Andrew Vaughn, big hitting prospect, is going to step up and pick up some of the slack left by the injury to Jimenez. Manager of the Year, another default for me is uh, Bob Melvin. I think people almost take him for granted, and he's going to win the division. Oh, my God, I can't believe they won the division. And someone's like, yeah, they've made the playoffs if they win the division this year or they get in, there'll be four straight years in the playoffs. It should no longer be shocking that Bob Melvin knows what he's doing. First manager fired will be Brandon Hyde of Baltimore. Is it fair? No, it's not fair, but sometimes fair has got nothing to do with it. Okay, in the National League, I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be the MVP of the National League. Jacob deGrom, He's the best pitcher in the, I think he's the best pitcher in baseball. So until further notice, he's my national Cy Young pick. The rookie of the year, he already has a home run this year, is Brian Hayes of the Pirates. Manager of the year, it would be another one for Mike Schilt, who I think is doing a wonderful job with the Cardinals. And the first manager fired will be Bud Black of the Colorado Rockies. I think there's going to be some, well, that organization is such a mess that it wouldn't, surprised they got off to a bad start they tried to deflect some of the attention and sack bud black even though he's you know for the most part done a fine job so there you go terrible news for the padres because my picks always you know fall on their face but those are my picks for the 2021 season and if you want to bet on it go ahead let me recommend bet online which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action you know the regular season is just starting We've still got basketball and hockey and bet online even covers awards and tv shows and reality tv you got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online has recovered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and for you to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online is your online sportsbook expert promo code locked on Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news from every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, I'm going to continue a tradition which I started in 2013 by figuring out who owns baseball. Who owns baseball is my own personal stat, WOB. WOB indeed. Who owns baseball? W-O-B. Each day, I'm going to pick the 
and I do this every year. I've been doing this every year since 2013. The best American League pitcher, the best American League hitter, same for the National League, best National League pitcher and hitter for a winning team of each day. Sort of the MVP of that day, you get one WOB. For a losing team, you get half a WOB. So essentially, there's going to be eight people a day getting either a full WOB or a half WOB. And I do that for the entire season. And I, the end, I tally it. And I put it together. And lo and behold, we see who owns baseball. Is it a scientific stat? No. It's just something fun. And it's a way for me, as I'm doing this national show, to try to keep an eye on as many games as I can. So I'm going to play a little music sting. When we come back, I'm going to reveal who owned baseball for the first day, for opening day, 2021. The players that owned baseball on opening day included Tyler Glasnow of the Rays, Michael Brantley of the Astros, Aaron Nola of the Philadelphia Phillies, and Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals. They all earned full wobs. Half wobs goes to the very unlucky Kevin Gosman, who pitched a great game for the Giants. Giants blew that. Their bullpen exploded. I could hear my father from the afterlife saying, my God, the Giants' bullpen is still terrible. Uh, the other half wobs include Cattell Marte of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Gary Sanchez of the Yankees, and Lucas Giolito of the White Sox. They all own baseball, earning full wobs or half wobs. You know, we've been telling you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, incredibly tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. And now it's time for the championship. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's the championship. Who will win between the two that made it to the end? It is coconut brownie chunk versus cookie dough chunk. Okay, for Scouting Report's future Built Bar Championships, the fans love chunk. Okay, evidently chunk is the common thread for these wonderful Built Bars. So do you want cast your vote at BuiltBar.com. And you know what? Figure out which bar is the greatest tasting protein bar ever. Remember to use your promo code LOCKDOWN15. Get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKDOWN15. Get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. It is the championship. I'm sorry, the championship. I don't think they cover that on Bet Online, but this is Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com or Bar underscore Built on Twitter. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy of prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked on MLB Prospects, hosted by minor play voice Aram Lighton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked on MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app wherever you get podcasts. So the other day, I posted the In Memoriam video that you can see on my Twitter feed at Sully Baseball on Twitter. And hopefully, if you enjoy it, I, I take great pains of putting this together every year since 2014. Now, in the past, I had dropped it at the All-Star Game. 
that was when I would always unveil it at the All-Star, you know, the day before the All-Star game is played. There's that little break and I unveil it then. Uh, last year, there was no All-Star game. So I unveiled it before the opening of the season. And I figured, you know what? It's as good a time as any to do it at the front of the season. I made that decision. Uh, th there's another reason I dropped it at the beginning of the season is that it was getting to be so just overwhelming, the number of people. Usually you get maybe two at the most three Hall of Famers dying in a year. Usually not more than that. Sometimes you'll have one. Okay. And that's a good thing. This year, between opening day of 2020 and last night when I posted the In Memoriam video, nine Hall of Famers died. Nine. And being the way that I do the In Memoriam, I like to give a Hall of Famer their due. I hate it in like at the Oscar in memoriam when they zoom past a huge star just because they're trying to get to the end fast. Robin Williams, Robin Williams just got a single card in his picture. No clips, no lines. This is one of the biggest movie stars of the 90s, the, the 80s and the 90s. And he was like, oh, here's your picture. There's Robin Williams next, like a slideshow. I think that's disrespectful. Terry Jones of Monty Python had to share a screen with somebody. So... And so did Rutger Howard. A lot of people are like, yeah, that would be nice to have, you know, to celebrate that. So in order to give each of the nine Hall of Famers their due and salute some of the former Negro Leaguers, some of the World Series heroes who you may have forgotten about, some of the players who go, who had a warm feeling of the heart for a fan base, even if they weren't superstars, like Horace Clark of the Yankees. In order to do that, it's going to make the in memoriam longer. They're usually around three or four minutes. This one clocked in at over seven. But, you know, there was a lot of death, including my dad. And I honored my dad right at the top. I just want to do a couple of little, a couple little notes along the way of, uh, I guess it's kind of like a DVD commentary about putting together the in memoriam. When I put it together, I don't want to shove all the Hall of Famers at the beginning or at the end. I try to sprinkle them throughout. And you, I find a piece of music. And the first thing I do is I lay, I figure out, I listen to the music and I try to imagine where the music rises or gets, gets slower to have the some sort of image that fits that music. I picked something from Glory, the wonderful score by James Horner. I've used a bunch of James Horner scores, including Field of Dreams and uh, The Rocketeer in a previous one. This one is for Glory, which is a beautiful piece from a, a film that is surprisingly uh, held up a lot better than I thought it was when I saw it again recently with my sons. But the music score is really astonishing in Glory. By the way, the same year he did Field of Dreams, James Horner did both of those films. Field of Dreams and Glory the same year. It's quite a year for the late James Horner. So I found this great piece and I saw it, it, it had rises, it had, it, had, it had swells, it had, it had moments where it slowed down. And so I could find clips that fit with that. And so the first thing is I put in all the Hall of Fame stuff and then I realized, okay, now there's gaps. And so how do I fill in the gaps? And I knew I wanted to start with Seaver. I knew I wanted to end with Henry Aaron. There was one part that clearly fit Lasorda. And so everything else kind of was fitting in. And when I did Seavers, I realized there were some great clips of him when he threw his no-hitter. But when I put it together, I realized there were more shots of Tom Seaver wearing a Cincinnati Reds uniform than a Mets uniform. And do you know what? Uh, my many Mets fan friends would probably never forgive me for that. 
Um, there's a couple other things I did. Like uh, I tried to connect some of them sometimes. Like I put Lou Brock and Bob Gibson. And there's a moment where the camera, or I, I took a photo, I had a photograph of Brock and Gibson after a World Series game. And I had the image sort of slide from one to the other to sort of make that connection. By the way, another thing I tried to do with the Gibson clips was when he shakes Tim McCarver's hand, I tried to graphic match that, like sort of make it, connect it with the shot of him when he was shaking the hands of the commissioner of baseball. I think it was Bowie Coon when he was elected to the Hall of Fame to sort of make some sort of a visual connection there. Um, I'll tell you who was probably the hardest one to come up with a clip for was oddly John McNamara. Johnny Mack, who's the manager of the 1986 Red Sox. Uh, you would think there'd be a lot of great shots of him in the dugout, but for whatever reason, all the shots of him had his, like his hand over his face or underneath his beak. And there were no clear shots. There's a couple of things I found of him like arguing with umps, but even then someone was always blocking the camera. It was very frustrating to find a good Johnny Mack. And so what I just finally did was I took him being introduced at the All-Star game in 87 took the great Roy Steele's voice from the Oakland's PA announcer and figured, do you want Johnny Mac? Let's call it a day. Um, there's a couple other ones like I had uh, Charlie Pride was one. And Charlie Pride was the country music singer who was also in the Negro Leagues. So I had him as a baseball player and him sing country music, which is sort of throw some of uh, a little something unusual at you. Also, I decided to include Chadwick Boseman, who of course, Black Panther, who is incredible in Ma Rainey. So check, he's he's going to win the Oscar posthumously. And he's, he played Jackie Robinson in 42. And I wonder, kind of like how League of Their Own introduced a lot of people to the concept of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. I wonder how many people learned about Jackie Robinson through the movie 42, which was a, a surprise success at the box office. I, I made sure that Dick Allen got his due is I believe he's a Hall of Famer. And Brian Kenny made the case. And so I lifted a clip of him talking about that. I'll tell you the, the moments, there's some points when you put together this that I wanna include something and, when I, and I think it's great in my head. And when I see it in practice, it doesn't work. That's the most frustrating thing about the In Memoriam video that Jay Johnstone, who played for several teams, the Phillies, Cubs, Angels, uh, Yankees, but mainly the Dodgers and had the great reputation of being kind of a character, a cut up, practical joker and everything. And he also has a small part in The Naked Gun, uh, the, the great comedy from 1988 and where he, he, plays, he plays a baseball player in it. And so I had a clip of him hitting the World Series home run. And I also found a couple of clips of him looking and acting goofy and then his clip from The Naked Gun. And when I put that all together, it didn't work. And I'll tell you why. I understood what was happening. And Gar Reness and probably a couple of my other friends would understand it too. But I think the rest of the planet Earth would have looked at that and say, why am I looking at a shot from the naked gun right now? This feels weird. And I never ever want at any point in this video to have anyone go, huh? What? So alas, that had to go, and I just included him hitting the home run. Uh, there's just some other, other notes around there. Finding the music swelling and Tommy Lasorda doing his uh, speech at the end of the World Series was a perfect fit. 
and it clicked with a shot of the sort of patting uh, Don Sutton on the back. So we were able to connect those two. Uh, and there was some, I, I confess, there's a couple of times I put things in. There's some, I couldn't include every person. There's so many people who I just couldn't, there's so many people died. Uh, Frankie Dela Cruz is in there. I like including shots of recent people because you say, oh my God, they died pretty young. Now, there are some people with longer, more distinguished careers than Frankie Dela Cruz, but I kept them in there because, as I said, I like the shots of some of the younger people. And also, I just liked how the shot looked of him running and I kind of slowed it down to the music. And I said, do you know what? This is just visually pretty good. The Kim Batiste clip of him getting the game-winning hit in the playoffs is, uh, that makes me cry. Absolutely makes me cry because uh, that's one of the most wonderful postseason moments I've ever had. Uh, the Joyce Hill Westerman, who is the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League player, who talks and is, she's a character. And that's an uh, interview she did at the PBS station. And I believe it was Milwaukee. And she was a character. She was a cut up. And I wanted to include her voice. I tried to include voices whenever I could so that these aren't just uh, blank faces. And a wonderful accident took place as I was trying to figure out where to fit Phil Necro in. And putting him after Joyce Hill Westerman made a connection between women playing baseball and Phil Necro. And what did Phil Necro do at one point? Phil Necro coached an all-women's baseball team after he retired. I, it's one of those connections that I see, but it's like, of course, I'm going to put Phil up next. And each Hall of Famer tried to do a little bit differently. And with Phil, I decided there was a quiet point in the music that if that it didn't have to be loud and rambunctious. And there was a clip of him being interviewed on Letterman. Letterman, of course, is a huge baseball fan. And he was talking about all of his wild pitches and everything. And Phil, who always was kind of this grandpa-like figure in baseball, has this wonderful little grin like, yeah, yep, I threw wild pitches. And... You know, the one other point I want to make is that when uh, I put the the Angel Manguel getting the game-winning hit in the World Series towards the end, it doesn't really fit thematically where I put it, but it was getting kind of slow, and I needed to sort of give the give it a little boost of energy, and so putting that clip in there was uh, was intended to give it a little boost before the ending, which is Whitey Ford and. Joe Morgan, I love putting in that clip of Joe Morgan in the playoffs where he has this amazing burst of energy and slides in. And then, of course, we end with Henry Aaron. And with Henry Aaron, I made a couple of very deliberate editorial changes or decisions that there's the the it's like fireworks at the end of it. It's just the celebration. It's like the, the cymbals smashing and drums pounding. And I put out all the shots of Henry Aaron and I lined up him hitting the 715th home run with symbols crashing. And then with each cut is a symbol crash, symbol crash of him, 3,000th hit, symbol crash, him in the Hall of Fame, symbol crash, he's getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom, symbol crash, he's being honored by the entire city of Atlanta. And then end on the shot of him as a young man. And there you go. A lot of decisions go into that. And uh, I don't have to do it again for another year. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I'll pass it around. It's, uh, it's a labor of love on my part, but it's certainly a lot of love there. So we got more ball games coming up. We'll
see who owned baseball. Thanks for indulging me in my little bit of a commentary there. You can go to the radio.com app or check out us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pods. And I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. If you like the in the morning video, please show it to your friends. Um, it's uh, Hopefully it'll put a lump in your throat and a smile on your face. But we got baseball and nothing makes us happier than that. This has been Lockdown MLB for the second day of April 2021. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.